Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. My very special guest today is Alan Mulally, one of the world's most impactful leaders and most inspiring human beings ever. He did what many thought impossible to turn around a Ford Motor Company that was losing $17 billion. He led Ford to thrive by a relentless focus on, are you ready? Working together. <laughs> I'm beyond words grateful to you, Alan, for joining me, and I welcome you to the show. Well, it's really good to be with you, Molly. Thank you. So, um, Alan, I have loved learning many things from you, but particularly this comprehensive working together approach. And for our listeners, it's a set of principles, practices, and management system. And you've synthesized these to 11 key points. While Boeing and Ford are very large organizations, their points are very relevant regardless of size. Um, and I think our listeners would benefit greatly if you'd please take them through at, at a high level. Well, I'd be uh, pleased to. And uh, I think your summary is, is really good. Not only that we use these principles and practices and management system at Boeing and Ford, but Nikki and I, who are celebrating our 50th anniversary this year, also use these principles and practices and work together with our family of uh, five children. So it would be fun to talk about maybe a bit later. So. Uh, with respect to your question, um, as you mentioned, I had the honor to serve uh, at Boeing for 37 years and also at, at Ford for eight years. And at Boeing, I, I had a, the, the honor to serve on the design team of every Boeing airplane, the 707, the 727, the 737, the 747, the 757, 767, and then I was asked to serve as the chief engineer and then the leader of the 777 airplane program, and then as a CEO of Ford, or Boeing, I helped launch the 787. If you look at all the seats that are flying today around the world, uh, over 50, 60% are in Boeing airplanes, and so um, it's just a, such an honor to help uh, get people together around our world safely and efficiently. And so uh, commercial airplanes are very sophisticated, as we all know, and very safe and uh, and a lot of people are working on an airplane when we create it, uh, over you know, 500,000, 600,000 people around the world. And so we, it's an invention. An airplane has around 4 million parts. And we uh, commit the performance and the safety and the reliability and maintainability uh, four to five years ahead. So you can imagine uh, the principles and practices of working together and how important they are to be able to create these wonderful products. And the 11 that you mentioned uh, start with uh, people first, and that means uh, love them up. These are talented people around the world. They're committing their lives and their talent to creating something very, very special and important. And so it's just so important that everybody is appreciated uh, for what they're doing. Uh, secondly, everyone's included. Everyone's included, all of the stakeholders, the, the traveling public, 
the airlines themselves, uh, all of our employees, our suppliers, the investors, uh, the communities in which we serve, everybody uh, needs to be included to make these great products. The next is coming together around a compelling vision and a comprehensive strategy for achieving that vision. And then, of course, the relentless implementation of that strategy and plan. And on each airplane program, there's a point of view of is it going to go long range, short range, polar routes, point to point, nonstop. And so it's important that everybody knows what the strategy is to achieve that, not only the technical strategy, but also the working together strategy and the partnership strategy. And, of course, the process for doing it and the behaviors that we're all going to commit to. The relentless implementation part is uh, the business plan review uh, meeting and process, which has gotten a lot of attention over the years. And it's a meeting where we meet um, every uh, week. Uh, Everybody around the world is uh, networked in. And then we go through the plan and and what the status is against the plan in the areas of special attention and helping each other uh, change the red items to yellow to green. The next item is clear performance goals, so everybody is clear uh, about the objectives. And then, of course, one plan, not a lot of plans, but one plan to accomplish those goals. Facts and data are really important to us, as you can imagine. And we, we treasure what people think, but we also want to know what, what are the facts and data that they're looking at to draw those conclusions. Uh, the next ones are associated with the behaviors. And, and, of course, it's really important that everyone knows the plan, the technical plan, the financial plan, the working together plan, just to remove all the ambiguity so that they can focus their talents on accomplishing the, the goals and objectives. Also, if they know the status against the plan, that's where we use our color coding for uh, each leader is presenting their plan, what the status is, is it is it on plan? That's a green. Is it uh, they have an issue, but they have a solution? That's a yellow. Or is it a new item, a red item, that uh, is a new problem, but they don't have a solution yet? But it's considered to be a gem because now we know what the issues are and we can work together and turn the reds to yellows to greens. Of course, attitudes are really important. Propose a plan, a positive, a find a way attitude. Kind of reminds me, Molly, of a Henry Ford quote, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. So respect each other, uh, listen to each other, help each other, appreciate each other. Emotional resilience is another important one because we're expecting the unexpected and we're expecting to deal with it because it's a creation process. And by working together and, and with transparency, we'll be able to turn the red seals to green. So trust this process of working together. Go right back up to the top. Make sure everybody's included. You're all working together. The last one is have fun, enjoy the journey, and each other. And I just, uh, every morning and every night, I, I'm just so thankful, Molly, that I, I've had a chance to serve at Boeing and at Ford uh, to create safe and efficient transportation for the people of our world. It's just nothing more fun. The uh, corollary of that is um, enjoy the journey and each other is no humor at anyone's expense. And we all have appreciated this because it's never funny. Uh, We go along to get along. But the reason it's so important in working together is that if ever any any participant felt like they were going to be the the brunt of the joke or made fun of, 
then they're going to be very careful to share what the real situation is because it's not a safe environment and they are not going to be victims. So those are the main the main parts about the principles and practices on the management system and the leadership. One last one last thing to share about that, Molly, is the importance of the leader and the leadership team. And uh, probably the single biggest contribution that the leader is going to make to make working together really uh, successful is to move to a place where they are coaching, they're facilitating, they're ensuring that everybody is included, they're following the discipline both for the process of working together, the business plan reviews, plus the expected behaviors that everybody is going to commit to that we just talked about, that they're leading with humility and love and service, and, and they have the courage to hold themselves and the team and all the stakeholders accountable for following the working together uh, principles and practices and the process itself and the expected behaviors. That is extraordinary. I have heard this, listeners, many times, and I'm still, I'm still blown away by it. And I'm sure that many people are just nodding their heads. Like, this is what we want. And, you know, I'd love to hear the, and I, the, the practical parts of it because folks go, you know, let's, let's say you're, you're in new, uh, new leaders, new people. Uh, folks are pushing back. You know, this is slowing us down. Tell us a little bit about the reality check on the ground, particularly with the leaders. You know, I've, I've got a lot of input from folks in the bowels of the organization. And, you know, it's a bit like, you know, the leader doesn't do X or, you know, we don't think they know why. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your, your coaching of your most senior folks so that they lead the way you think they need to. Well, I, I think that's just a really important question because in this uh, – in this working together process and sharing everything with everybody. And, and a lot of, a lot of leaders, uh, they feel embarrassed about that to have a red item where we're expecting the unexpected and we're expecting to deal with it. So the red items are gems to be appreciated. And that's why we thank people when, when a red item comes up, because we know we're going to be able a chance to work, work on it together. Uh, one interesting story um, about your question is that when I first arrived at Ford, uh, as you pointed out, uh, we shared with the team because we shared everything that we were going to um, we were going to lose uh, fourteen or seventeen billion dollars for the year, and clearly we needed a, a new vision for the company and a comprehensive strategy and, and, and get going on the relentless implementation. So I noticed in the paper, in the newspaper, the local newspapers. Every day there would be a, an article about Ford, and and it was you know either quality issues or or employee issues or or uh, technical issues, and uh, I was amazed at the at the clarity uh, of the reporting. I I asked our team. I said, on every every article I'd see, I say, do you know about this issue that these employees are bringing up? And and um, they'd say yes, yeah, and it's, and it's pretty accurate too. So I just couldn't stand it. So I just had to uh, find out how that how the reporters got this accurate information. So I called up Bryce Hoffman, and as you know, he's the author of American Icon, which describes the uh, the transformation of Ford. He's a great journalist, uh, very knowledgeable, and and he did just a fabulous job of capturing the story. And so. I call him on the phone, and so you have the CEO of Ford calling 
the journalist asked him about his reporting. And, and I started out with, uh, Bryce, I, I, I've been reading your stories in the newspaper. And he, and he responded, Molly said, uh, he said, uh, they're true. Uh, Mr. Molly, they're true. They're true stories. I said, I'm, I'm sure they are. Cause I, all our team knows it also. And I just, I wanted to know how you got those stories and why, how, how did you get them to be so accurate? And he didn't really say anything. I said, Bryce, I just, I really hope you'll trust me on this because I'm here for one reason. And that's to help save this American icon. And I really need to understand how everybody feels about this. And he said, well, Mr. Malay, all I do uh, is turn on my answering machine in the morning and at night. And I said, what's on your answering machine? And he said, well, it's an employee that's called in. It's sh- they've shared their story. And they're concerned. Um, and they, and 80% of the people that call in and leave a message on my answer machine, uh, they leave their name and their telephone number and they say, and if you have any questions for clarification, please call me. And I thought, wow, that is really something they, uh, and, and so I said, why do you think, why do you think they do this, Bryce? And they said, well, they're, they're scared to death about their company. They, they love Ford. They've, uh, They've, their family has worked here before them, and they love what Ford does with safe and efficient transportation. They know there's all these problems. And, of course, at the time, uh, they thought that the leaders would read the newspaper every day, and they must not know these issues uh, because they're not acting on them. So this is the only way they thought they could get the attention and help out. So now I'm really, I'm really motivated, Molly, to get the business plan review process going and get the visibility and the situation. So uh, we get going, uh, the, uh, the data's flowing, the reds are showing up and the yellows. And, and within two months, Molly, there were no more articles in the newspaper. And so I, now I, I've just got to talk to Bryce again. So I called Bryce and I said, Bryce, there are no more sto- Why aren't there any more stories in the, uh, um, in the newspaper about Ford? Because all the issues are still there, but we're working them. He said, he said, exactly. Uh, they all know because you're flowing the data up and down to the whole organization. Everybody knows what the plan is. They know the status. They know the areas of special attention. And they know that the entire leadership team and the entire company and all the other stakeholders are working on them. So uh, they're happy to be a part of that. So they're going to focus their attention now on being part of the, of the solution going forward. Isn't that something? That is the best story ever. That is so amazing. <laughs> it shows, you know, when you think about that, I can only imagine Alan as the leader realizing that all these folks marching along in the factories care this much, right? To be on this journey with you must have been yeah, like a very and, and they do. You treat people this way and, and the most respectful thing you can ever do to all the stakeholders, including the employees, is share what the real situation is and invite them to be part uh, of the solution and help them and support them. And that's the most respectful thing we could do with any, with any and all of the participants. Yes, for sure. The word trust really comes to mind. You know, that's a word people say all the time. Listeners have heard me say that vulnerability is a real must for trust to your notion. Like you can say that it's a red, we look at it as a gem. We love you for the gems, right? We work together. So, you know, to make this real for folks, it sounds like it's all super easy for Alan Mulally. Um, I remember 
earlier, a story you told earlier in your career at Boeing, very high profile management meeting. You're an up and comer, oh, yes. right? You're asked a tricky question. <laughs> and you said defining moment because there was a politically correct answer. <laughs> and then, so share with us that. Oh, that's, uh, yes, it's, it's fun to think about that again. So uh, as you described, um, I, I was uh, really enjoyed serving at, uh, at Boeing, of course, just talented people working on safe and efficient transportation. And, and of course, Boeing, like most companies, has evolved over the years on their management style and, and how they include people. And, and, uh, and so we had a new chairman. And the new chairman uh, really uh, had a lot of, of foresight, and he uh, and so he he asked his new leadership team. He said, "Do you think how the employees feel is important, and we should really understand that?" And the leadership team responded, "Well, of, of course, Mr. Chairman." And and the chairman said, "Well, how will we know how the employees feel?" And his leadership team said, "Well, uh, we know how they feel, and we'll share that with you." And the chairman said, well, you know, we could do that, but why don't we ask them and, uh, and hear what they say? And so they said, oh, well, okay, uh, but we sure like to see the, the responses from the employees before we, you know, share them with everybody. And, and so the chairman said, well, we'll let's ask a few of our up-and-coming leaders to uh, work with the, the uh, employee survey uh, experts and then report back to us what the employees said. So they selected uh, me to, to lead that effort with the uh, employee survey people. And it was a great survey, very comprehensive, and the data came back. And and then uh, the chairman invited me to a, a meeting with the chairman and, and the entire leadership team of the company to share these results. And, and of course, um, the results were there are a lot of tough things in there that that uh, we were going to hear, and like you know, we'd really like to know more about what the fundamental plan is. We'd like to know the status, what the areas are, the special attention. We feel like we could be appreciated uh, even more, and um, and so um, uh, I presented this, and and a couple of the leaders said, "So, uh, Alan, are you saying that?" that we need to remove fear and intimidation from our management toolbox. And I said, well, uh, that is what the employees are saying. And the chairman was sitting on the side and he said, so, Alan, what do you think? Well, to your point, Molly, defining moment. Um, so I said, uh, I agree with the employees, uh, Mr. Chairman. And, and I'd like to just add that why, and that is that, as we all know, the, the business environment is getting more and more competitive. Uh, we need the hearts and the minds of all of our employees and all of the stakeholders to create the very best uh, airplanes in the world. And so I think what the employees are telling us is that there's a, there's a big opportunity to include them in a much more significant way and have them be part of the solution and so that we can create the very best airplanes in the world. And, and I, I, uh, I left the meeting, and I was wondering, well, it probably is it for me. And, and then uh, he called me later and, and said he really appreciated 
the work I did and the fact that I, I shared what I really thought myself in a respectful way and saying it, as you would say, as skillfully as I could. And he said, I'm, I'm absolutely 100% committed to this and creating this environment that you and all the employees have uh, discussed and shared. And I just want you to know, thank you very much. And I hope that I'm counting on you to continue to lead uh, this effort uh, here at Boeing. Wow. Wow. I hope all the listeners are hearing this because I think every one of us has had these moments and, you know, with your skillfulness, with your sense of this is the right thing, it's really gone well for you, Helen. So kudos for you. Um, We could chat for a long time, but with all my callers, I always like to wrap with whatever say it skillfully challenge you might have for me, just to show that uh, all of us at times struggle with tough topics or sensitive situations. Well, I think that what you're doing, Molly, is, is fabulous. And I and I think this conversation today uh, is an important part of that. And I think it really starts uh, with um, having a fundamental um, vision and, and a strategy and, and, and beliefs on the importance of people. It's all about people uh, working together. And having those principles and practices uh, is almost um, an enabler. Well, it is an enabler, complete enabler to... Uh, enabling people to know what the situation is, know what the issues are, which are not issues now, they're gems to be solved. And that, that enables them to be able to work together. And of course, then you're really highly motivated to say it skillfully, to respect each other, to love each other, to appreciate each other. And so when you're, when you are making your contribution to be part of the solution, you're bringing out the very best of everybody else around so I think uh, I think uh, that's a, that's just such an important part of of talented people working together to accomplish uh, meaningful objectives for the greater good. Well, Alan, you continue to inspire me. I can't wait for the next time I'll have a chance to cross paths with you. Um, you've got a lot going on. I appreciate your taking time from your busy day sharing with everyone. I want everyone to remember, love them up. I did a video actually inspired by you <laughs> because you cannot overthink, overappreciate, overacknowledge, folks. Um, And Alan, thank you for joining me and always being part of the solution. You're welcome. Thank you, Molly. Keep leading. Wonderful leadership. Thanks, Alan. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao. So, so inspiring. I'm delighted to welcome our first caller to the show, Caroline. Caroline, welcome. Hi, Molly. How's it going today? It's going fabulously. What uh, sensitive situation or tough conversations on your mind? So recently, we've had a little bit of trouble. There's a couple of people at the office that I work at who um, kind of talk behind your back or are kind of undermining me or people who are, were in the same position as me. And when brought up to other leaders in the office, it's kind of talked about like it's a normal thing and I should just get over it, but it doesn't feel like it should be allowed in the office workplace. And I'm just kind of calling in to see what advice you have on how to handle it or any general advice you could give me. Wow, that's a great one. Thanks for bringing that up. And I'm sorry that that 
dynamic seems to be considered normal is what I'm hearing from you. Can you share a little bit more? So just give me an example of um, how you might have gone to, was it a manager, just how you kind of shared what was going on for you and then specifically how they responded to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I work in a very competitive work environment. Um, you, know, I work in a call center, so you have to do a lot of calls or reaching out to clients. And there was a couple situations where I had been told by other people to reach out to certain clients, and those people in a person's territory um, happened. And I talked to that person and asked if it was okay, and they said yes. But I had asked, I called a client, and they had instead of going to me to say, "Hey." please don't do this again. They went to my manager and I got in trouble for it, even though I had discussed it with him and I had discussed it with my external uh, person as well. I still got in trouble for it. And when I talked to my coworkers who had been in the office for a while, like, is this normal? They just say, yes, it's normal. It's fine. Like whatever. But I mean, I'm getting in trouble by my managers for it. This is obviously not okay. And I, I just didn't know how to ha- handle it. Great. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. So this it sounds a bit combative. I'll use that word. Um, and that's, you know, so kudos for you for, for dealing with that. And I do think it's important to acknowledge if that's kind of what's going on, you don't want to roll over. So, you know, I, I do, when folks have verbal um, agreements in the future, you know, it's not a bad thing. So, hey, document, you might reply to one other person Glad that we synced on this. As you know, want to do the right thing for the firm. I'm going to reach out to the client as requested. Obviously, I'll loop back with you. So that's just in the universe. I have a, a colleague who used to call that into the congressional record. So that's just a way of, of documenting that. And then, um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's obviously pervasive in the, in the office. And so it's, it's a chance to, and I would just... Um, take it on individually first, potentially with this person and saying, hey, you know, you're, and you're calm. You're, your energy is not, you're not combative yourself. You're very, you know, relaxed, which I think shows a sense of confidence. And let's just say this is Harry. You know, Harry, help me understand here. You know, like, I really want to help you be successful. Um, and I think we could work well together. And my experience was, and then share what happened. And, and say right. what, See what that person says, and it might, you know, it may be science. Well, well what do you, how do you think I feel? And then it might be, right. you know, do you, do, you, do you think this is the right thing to do? And they may say, well, look, at everybody does it, and you can put your hand out with a Heisman. Hang on. Not interested in what everyone else thinks. I'm just asking you genuinely, honestly, do you think this is the right thing? And, and what I'm putting forth here is, is asking questions, to get a sense for, to, to get people to really own it. And so, so what I'm hearing is you don't give a care, you know, if they really don't care and they're going to, and said, you know, just really be the mirror for people. You can't make them change, Caroline. You can call that and create transparency for what's going on and just saying, you know, loop it back so that that person knows it. So that's just, let's call this guy Harry, one stop. Second, transparency, again, not, you know, being defensive, just reaching out with management. May I, you know, chat with you about this situation? Because it really does concern me. And, and talk it through. And if they're like, well, you know, you know, 
you're being oversensitive, you're being, hang on, I'm really trying to take this, you know, if the CEO of the company heard this conversation, how do you think they would look at you? So your ability to shine a light and to ask questions. The most important thing is, and it's tough, you want to feel like you're fighting, you're defensive, you're trying to be Switzerland, neutral. Hey, I'm just calling as, I can do anything. You can do anything. You can hang on to it. You're tough. And just putting that out there, is that how we want to be? And for folks who can do this, you can be a driver of change because generally the people want to be in a more positive work environment. And if it really is just this way, you have a call to make for how long you want to be in it, which is totally your choice. I'll pause for a moment. How's that land? No, that, that sounds great. And honestly, it's kind of nice to hear someone give me advice without saying, hey, you should roll over and apologize. Because it's, I feel like that's a big thing, especially with the women in the office. It's always like, just apologize, say you didn't know. I'm like, no, I, I clear with him. I did nothing wrong. So it's nice to, to hear that. Yeah, I appreciate your seeing where everybody is. And I also think you know, know how much, of a, even if you don't have people reporting to you, Caroline, realize how much of a leader you can be and saying, hey, you know, you say just accept it and then ask them, well, how do you feel when you say that? If you had you know, right. kids, is that what you would want your son or daughter to hear? Right. When you look in the mirror is and you're a leader, is that the leader you want to be? And these are just questions they are genuine questions. It's really fair. They can answer however they want. However, when we don't bring it up, this is for all listeners, when we don't bring it up, we're part of the problem, right? We're perpetuating. This is just the way it is forever. Nothing anyone can do about it. Um, and in this case, you know, you're, it's well documented. It's obviously not a make or break. Lives aren't on the line per se. Um, so I encourage you to, um, to, to experiment in ways that feel effective and authentic for you. Interesting. So how would you um, how would you deal with someone who's like talking behind your back at the office for things like other than that? Yeah, so that's great. When pulling the person aside, hey, you know, it's now a good time to chat. I noticed something that's a bit concerning for me, and I'd love to be open with you. So you get permission and say, my understanding is, you know, and again, you're not pointing a finger, you're not snarky, you're not witchy. If anything, you're you're a bit hurt. And you're really wondering, you know, did I do something? I'm really wondering, you know, what went, went on here? And just give them an out and just say, you know, is, is that, is, does that feel like something? Would you want me to do that to you? And paced and slow. And if nothing else, you, they know that you know. <laughs> and you're going to have right. a You're not rolling over. And you're not mean. Look at this is the deal. I want to treat you with respect. And I'm happy to talk about what respect looks like for each of us. For me, that kind of conversation is not respectful. And it doesn't help me be, do my best work for you, for anyone. So just lay it out there and be open to hearing. I didn't, you know, I appreciate that you, if you made a mistake, that's okay. Let's, let's grow together. I want to have a great relationship with you. And I'm willing to invest in that. So you take the high road. Right. And yeah, play around with that. Play around with that. So, so at what before, point do you generally like say, go to your manager and say something? I, I would work with a colleague and say, I really want this to work. I've tried everything I can. I just want, you to know, I'm going to go be transparent. I'm going to go to the manager. We can go together. I'm happy to go together. You're not afraid of anything. 
So I right. think that level of self-assuredness, confidence, right? So they're like, wow, this gal is on fire. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not defiant either. I'm just here, you know, and I, I may not have the right thing. I'm just doing what I believe is right. And I'm happy to talk about it with everyone. And you're modeling that. And by the way, when you get transparency, the folks who like not having transparency, they don't like it so much. So you're kind of able to keep things in check. Admiral Allen, who led the Coast Guard and the Katrina, had a great saying, transparency breeds self-correcting behavior, right? People don't want to be shamed. They don't want to be thought of the bad person. You can help people make the right decision when it's all out in the open. So uh, we're going to move on to our break. But before I do, Caroline, do you have a top takeaway from our chat? Um, I would say not being confrontational in a a sense, but not allowing um, things to happen behind your back and making sure you're transparent with everything. That's fantastic. Definitely going to be using that. Yeah, it's good for you. No, I'm cheering for you. I'm here for you. So if you want to loop back, you can reach out to me anytime. And I thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Ciao, ciao. Okay, we'll take a short break now. You're listening to Say It Skillfully. I'm your host, Molly Chang, and I'll be back with you shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Say It Skillfully, featuring your host, Molly Chang. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or join the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter with the hashtag, Say It Skillfully. Now back to your program. Welcome back. Our caller now is also in Manhattan, David. David, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Great. Thank you for having me on the show today, Molly. How, how are you doing? Could not be better. Seriously, could not be better. What, uh, what's on your mind? Great. Well, um, you know, for the past year, I've been really focused on mindfulness and having a healthy mind and body. Um, what I've noticed is that some of my friends and colleagues are constantly adding new career goals to achieve and 
trying to start a new project, which is great. It seems that they are just busy running on the treadmill and neglecting their health and body. I guess my question to you is, like, how do I inspire them to change their mindset and make them aware that they're doing fabulous at their current job right now? How do I say skillfully? (laughs) Uh, uh, I love this one, and thank you, thank you for raising it, because the you know the body is a shrine the body mind connection you know to, to be really grounded to do your best work and lead others you've got to be at one with yourself and so many people are on the treadmill run and run and run and chase and chase and chasing and you know it's very hard it's very hard to look at friends you care about and see them kind of going off so the deal you know in terms of these are personal choices and changes and Lots of people think about data. I have never really seen data drive the behavior change. You need to have like the driver for change for that person, which is typically a, a pain point, carrot, or uh, I mean a stick or a carrot. So I think, you know, these are people that are close to you. And obviously it's their lives. They have their choice. And I think it's a chance from an energy standpoint to think about, okay, I want to be here as, you know, your guardian angel. You know, and and that you care deeply. And so the setup might be, you know, I'm noticing something um, in, you know, all, you know, all that you're accomplishing in your life. And I wanted to, to have a chat because I, some things I'm, a, I'm just a little bit concerned for you. It's now a good time. And always about asking permission. And just say, you know, here's the deal. I see, you know, like, I, like and, and really acknowledging the person so that they feel good. And then saying, you know, I, I'm noticing X, Y, and Z, and I'm worried about ABC, and just opening up the dialogue and and see how they respond. Because some people may, you know, say, if they go defense, oh, I didn't want to make you defensive. I just care for you. I'm not saying that you would live my life, right? However, I just, I really, you know, especially in the world we're in today, David, with health, you know, it's just you want, well, you want the well-being of your friends. So, and I think ask them what's going on for them. Because I think it's part of it is that the way they're behaving serves them. It's not a bad thing. It it. It serves them. So understand, find information. Because some some of them, you know, they keep telling me that they're low on energy. And then it's um, like a constant conversation, right? And I'm just trying to figure out, do I start? asking them how they're doing after they tell me X amount of time. So I think that's where I am right now. And, and you're right. I think it's about not trying to change the way they live their life, but it's about checking in on how they're doing. And it seems that this is what you're going through. Have you thought about it? Yes. So thanks for clarifying that. So they've come to you a bunch of time on low on energy, low on energy. Part of it could be sharing your experience like I want to be you know I want to be I'm here for you I want to be the friend that you need me to be I'm noticing that the last five times we talk you're so low on energy and maybe they just need to vent you know if you just need to vent that's great that's true so too. my question yeah. Yeah, my question is is there something is there something that needs to happen with that not about you is there something that needs to happen and just asking that question may give them pause gosh i had no idea that that i talk about it all the time oh yeah you talk about it all the time (laughs) just you know in an open way and and helping guide people 
my experience with the what I call chasing it is people have a bit of an insecurity that if they don't keep, you know, they're just going to get mowed over. And perhaps there are environments where that truly is dog eat dog. Most of the cases, most of the folks, that's an artificial thing. That's something they have layered on for themselves. So to ask, is that, if that's your choice, that's your choice. Do you feel like you have to right. I mean, asking people to give them some space? Because this is, I think, a very, it's a delicate topic. I think people feel very vulnerable, potentially saying, you know, I don't want to work this hard. <laughs> no, Molly, you're, you, you nail it exactly because the way I operate is that I definitely don't want to tell what people should be doing. But I would definitely ask, is there something you want to do about it? Because I've been hearing this for the past, you know, like a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So I'm going to start asking them more questions about it. Yeah, and you're observing, I'm hearing this from you. And, you know, and, and maybe you put out an aspiration. I'm going to put out a dream. And let's, you, you can change it. But I'd love for you to, you know, paint a picture where you don't, you work so many hours, you work out, you meditate, whatever it is. You know, I think for some people, they don't, that is, they haven't even considered that that is actually possible. <laughs> so, mm. you know, that might be, again, we're not saying this is what you need to do, but helping people get outside, get out of their own way, I like to call it, is a real, real um, service to the people around you. That sounds great. Well, so, I definitely uh, will try that next time. <laughs> it sounds great. As we're uh, wrapping here, as I ask everyone from our little conversation, is there a top takeaway that you have? I think like from hearing you speak, it's about just get them, it's about asking the right question and then get them to talk more about what they're going through. And it seems that I haven't been asking them those questions to get them to elaborate. So I think that that's the takeaway for me, asking the right question and get them to talk more. That is fabulous. Really terrific. Let me know if I can be of more help. I'm thinking good thoughts of your friends and you, and I appreciate you <laughs> calling in. And uh, thanks for being part of the solution, David. Thank you so much, Molly. Love what you, you, you're, you're doing. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, from the Boston area now. We go up to Boston. I welcome Stever to the show. Hey, Stever. Howdy. Uh, how are you, Molly? I am. Uh, it's just it's getting more spectacular. I really am having a joyous day, my friend. Um, okay, so I imagine that there's some awesome challenge or question that you have. What are we going to tackle today? Yeah, I have a friend who has recently written a book. And this friend has done a lot of favors for me in the past and, in fact, helped me when I was writing my book. And they sent me a draft of their book. Actually, not a draft. I think, I think what they sent me may, may be close to a final draft. And they said, gee, it would be really great if you could read this, uh, send me a review, and maybe even post it on, I forget it was Amazon or, or the blog or something. But they wanted me to write and post a review. And I read the book, and it was full of grammar errors. It the text really read as if it was unedited, like like no one who spoke English had, had even read it. And I don't know how to, especially since he's been so helpful with, you know, it was so helpful with my book. I don't know how to to communicate to someone 
uh, it actually is not something that I'm comfortable putting my name on. Uh, it needs a lot of work. Um, uh, yeah, how do, how do I address that without tanking the relationship? Ooh, okay. <laughs> That's a tough one. The person has done just been really great for you, right? So you do feel you want to, oh, yes, if you so. will, repay and and um, honor the friendship. So I'm, you know, there's two steps here. Let's, you know, if it's really not well done, if you were in this situation, you were going to publish something that you really didn't think was great, you would want people to tell you, right? So it might be a first step to say, oh, thanks so much for asking. You've been so fabulous. Quick question. Who edited the book? How far along are you in the editing? Seek first to understand and see if there's, you know, any, any wiggle room there. Just, just so you can confirm for a fact that nothing can change. Okay? And, and that at least is a two-step thing. If something could change, just say, wow, so great. I noticed a few things. Are you open to talk through a bit and then get on the phone and see where they're at? If they're open. Okay. So that would be, that would be ideal. All right. Right. So otherwise, if, if this has kind of happened, the crash has happened and here we are. Two things. One is if, you're, if there's something that you'd be willing to write that is accurate that you don't think would really damage your reputation. And I agree, you really need to think about that. That could be an option, one. Two might be, you know, could I ask you, I'd rather pass on this one, but thank you for asking. And see if you can, if you really feel like you can do it and, and give that a shot. Oh, let me pause there, how's that land? Um, so, I, well, you, you suggested several things. So, uh, when you ask, you know, can we talk through a few things? We're not just talking about a few things. I mean, any one page I could give 20 minutes of feedback on, and that's part of the problem. Is it, it isn't like there's a problem here and a problem there. I mean, the, the problems were pervasive. I, I suspect what this person did was to write up an outline and then hire someone else to do it. Yeah, yeah, and and they probably hired an inexpensive person and just kind of trusted that their outline got turned into into good prose. But it it was literally written by someone who doesn't, who's not a native speaker of English, and it really shows. Um, so I'm not so sure. I, it, to me, it seems like there's a risk for asking. Could we go over a couple of things because that couple could turn into several thousand. Um, I like the phrasing very much of "I'd rather pass on this one" because I. I, that's much more diplomatic than the only thing I was able to think of to say, which was, wow, um, this really needs a lot of work before I'd be comfortable putting my name to a recommendation, which is <laughs> far too blunt. And, and <laughs> you know, I'd rather pass on this one. That's very nice. I like that. Um, well, let me you know, ask I, you this, because I, I think that, that gives you an out, and I think that that for sure works. Um. Is this a friendship, and again, I'm not advocating it is, but is it a friendship where you might be able to sit down, you know, I guess it's in your estimation if you think having this really not well-written book is serves the person at all. I mean, if you, you know, I, I, that could be a value judgment. Some people don't care if it, it's 
poor work potentially. Um, but as a friend, that might be something. So, you know, I think that, gosh, you know, tell me a little bit about how you went through this and then see what they say. And, and if there is an opening, you might say, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering if you might consider, you know, if, if I were in your shoes, I might consider having someone take a pass at this and leave it at that. If, if an opportunity came up in that way, Stever, you can at least feel like you offered a way forward for the person and that they weren't completely blindsided. You know, I would, one would hope that they realize right. how, how, how now, I mean, like I'm with you, I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, people do their books, they find dot every I cross every T. So it's a little shocking to me that this would happen. Yeah, me too, <laughs> frankly. Um, uh, you know, but it, it appears to have. So, um, uh, okay. So I like that you might consider have someone taking a pass through. What I want to, what I want to avoid, you've, you've kind of made this distinction for me, is I want to avoid the let's go through bit by bit and give me feedback because that's just going to be a disaster, right? Because every page sure. is going to have a dozen different things. But just overall, like, you know, I've, I've looked it through, and um, uh, it, it really seems to not use a lot of English colloquialisms correctly. So you may wish to have a professional editor who, um, you may wish to have a professional editor who is a native English speaker go through and review the book for copy editing and flow. Yeah, and, and if you don't even and, want to go that specific, I'll give you an option here. Hey, friend, um, wondering who else has taken a look at it? Who's read it? What have folks said? And then, you know, you could say oftentimes people will look at there's a service that will sanity check, right? And so you don't even have to be specific about what you saw. I, you know, I'm just wondering what you might think about that. I think that would be a very helpful thing for you to have an objective external, you know, book expert person take a look at it. And that way you're, you know, you don't have to even give any objective, your, your fee feedback. However, you're giving them a resource that mm -hmm. many people use. It's, you say, I talk to other folks. I, I often recommend the service for many people and it's made a big difference in the product. And so here you are helping improve it without having to mention, um, Right. And would you suggest that I actually have a person in mind? Because I don't actually have a person in mind. Um, you know, that's probably not bad to look at if there are folks, you know, I don't, you don't want to make that up if you haven't, but you just say, I might imagine, um, I don't know anybody, but, you know, check it out. If you want me to vet anybody, I could as a friend, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah. you know, I'm very empathetic to this, right? Because I've never read a book. So you'd want someone to say, hey, just so you know, you know, there may want to have some external input for this. And because you ideally we want to help your friend, you know, we really would feel better right. if when you read the book, you were like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so yeah. ideally, you know, it, it, again, that's their choice that you, at least you've given some, some options that, um, that they can. Yeah. Consider. I want to help my friend. I also want to remain friends. <laughs> yeah. It will exactly, and you want to so define being a friend, right? Because you 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 want to treat people the way you'd want to be helped. 
Um, okay, well, keep me posted on this yeah. one. Um, before we wrap, what's your top takeaway? Uh, top takeaway is I'd rather pass on this one. Yeah, okay. Which is just a nice way to say no without having to say no exactly. Exactly. That's fantastic. Steve, thank you for joining me, and I appreciate you being part of the solution. My pleasure. Thank you for being part of the solution. <laughs> Take care. Take care. You too. Bye. Okay, my thought for the week. For all the folks that you are blessed to be around and they're blessed to be around you, genuinely love them up. You cannot over-acknowledge, over-appreciate, or over-thank people. This will improve your relationships, period. If you need any encouragement, check out my sayitskillfully.com site. It's video number 14. It was a video inspired by Alan Mulally. And thank you for tuning in. That's a wrap for our today's show. Please reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 